Hello, and welcome to the podcast. You're listening to Human Design with Victoria Jane. Here, we have candid, insightful conversations about human design and what it's like living your experiment. We'll hear from entrepreneurs, healers, and growth-oriented folks as they practice living their design. And we use these conversations as a space to share the challenges, wins, the ahas and learning moments of living in alignment with your truest life. There's no one right way to do it, and these conversations are here to reassure, expand, and inspire you on your own human design experiment. Hello, welcome to the podcast. I am excited to be talking to you today. And also a little, well, it's a little different to be talking to a mic by myself, but here we are, we're doing it, and this podcast is all about the human design experiment. So I love talking about human design information, of course, but something that I really like to focus on is bringing this information to life with real examples. And it's also something that others, students, clients have reflected back to me as something that I'm good at, that the things that I share around, well, you know, this human design concept or energy shows up like XYZ. And so that is something that we'll be weaving throughout these coming episodes because I'm interested in using human design to support you to live your truest life because that's what it's done for me to help me and allow me to drop the shoulds and the hustle, anything that feels constricting so that I can show up with more self-trust, self-confidence, ease, or at least attempt to try that if I'm not totally there yet. And so I'm going to start with the example that I know best today, which is my own journey and myself. Also, so you can, can learn a little bit more about me if we are just meeting. So I've been on my human design journey for about four years, and I'll share a little bit more about my background, how I found human design, uh, the role that it's played in my journey to bring me to where I am now, where I am supporting others, coaching, working with other coaches to use human design as a tool to live in flow, to live that really true aligned life. So who am I? Let's start there. What is my design? I am a 6-2 splenic authority projector. I'm on the roof. So in the second phase of my three life phase, sixth line profile journey, I am split definition. I have a defined ajna and throat connected by the channel 1156, which is all about being curious and speaking to my subjective experience and the experiential truth. And then I have a defined root and spleen connected by the channel 1858. So all about wanting to make things better, correct them, even perfect them sometimes, which means that I have all my other centers are undefined. So my head, my G center, my sacral, of course, is a projector. And then I have a totally open emotional center and ego center. What else? I have a left brain, left mind, and a left environment arrow. And my manifestation arrow in the bottom right-hand corner is pointed to the right. So I'm also a non-specific manifester. I think that's that gives you a good idea of my design. If some of these terms 
you're a little unfamiliar with, that's totally fine. Naturally, weave in bits of this in our conversation right now or in coming episodes. So feel free to just absorb what makes sense and and the rest will kind of trickle in as it's meant to. How did I find human design? So there has always been a part of me that ever since I was really little, that's been into spirituality, woo-woo, mystical stuff. Like as a kid, I always wanted to have like all the crystals. I'm sure like a lot of kids, one of my favorite games was like I would go collect like flower petals in the garden and like pound them into potions. Anyway, so I don't want to go too off track, but there's always been that thread while at the same time in my household growing up, there is an emphasis on academics and being logical. So these two sides of me, it's funny to talk about like a little bit about who I am right now, because as an undefined G, there's this sort of distance that I feel from it too. Like if we had been having this conversation even a couple of years ago, I don't know that I would be able to claim some of these labels as clearly as I am now. But I think there's something about having finished up this third line phase and being able to reflect back where I can more comfortably claim these different identities. So anyway, let's fast forward a bit to, let's bring this up to college. And I know it might sound like I'm going so far back, but I just want to give some context because I found human design, as I mentioned four years ago, when I was diving deeper into my personal manifestation work. But I want to just I guess make it clear that there's always been this thread of like a piece of me that's been really open to all these different systems and deeper self-understanding. And at the same time, there's been this other layer of how I've shown up, which was much more just not in that world, right? So coming out of undergrad, I had actually studied sustainable agriculture, which is so funny to look back on now because, oh, I also didn't mention I'm a taste cognition and open taste determination. So it's funny to look back and see myself having studied agriculture and food, given some of, some of that information about being a taste taste person. But coming out of school, even though I was so passionate about, and I still am, about sustainability and specifically food that's grown in a sustainable way, taking care of the soil and our natural resources, etc., the pace of the nonprofits and NGOs that I had worked with felt really slow. And the advice that I had got was, well, try working for a company. And I am from California. I grew up in the San Francisco Bay Area. And so it wasn't that hard to find a job in tech and get pulled into the ecosystem and the inertia of what now I can identify as like really strong, like ego energy. And when I say ego energy right now, I mean specifically like the ego center energy where the rhetoric of innovation and changing the world and feeling so empowered, confident, competent in that industry felt really good. And so I worked in tech for about 10 years and we don't have to get into all of that now, but one thing I'll drop in is like, as a totally open ego center, being in that kind of like, startup, get lots of funding, get tons of validation, you know, on the macro level, and then also at kind of like the daily level, 
the constant validation of like flavored water and organic snacks, you know, it, it all helped to pump up some of that, that energy there that I could feel. So that was kind of my world for a long time. And I was obviously in my third line phase at that point in my life. So I was trying all these things that weren't meant to be my path long term. I was doing everything that I needed to find out I wasn't meant to do, essentially. And so for me, my particular journey, there's a lot of people now who I work with or ask me, how did I end up here with the system of human design coaching folks? And for me, it would have been really hard to let go of my prior career and my prior identities also without my health journey. And a lot of what I'm going to share now is specifically related to my health journey because that's how the universe has communicated with me to show me the physical issues that that need to change. And it doesn't have to be that way for everyone. Like I have plenty of clients who don't have specific health. I have plenty of clients who do have chronic health issues, but I also have many who don't. And I would never want someone to go through it if they didn't have to. But that was what I needed to realize like, oh, I actually need to leave this career that I had built up and was from the outside successful at. So let's rewind back to like 10 years ago. 10 years ago is when my health stuff started. The stage was being set. I had a boyfriend at the time who I really cared about. I think we both cared about each other very much, but there were some boundary issues and it showed up in my body as recurring UTIs. And the only reason why I'm mentioning this is because it started me on this path of being prescribed antibiotics and eventually over-prescribed antibiotics because, you know, I would take some and then be fine for a while and then I need to take more. And this was before my, I mean, I hadn't really had any health issues, serious health issues up, up until that point. And so I was just taking them and I didn't think to go out and research what natural methods might be more effective or why this recurring situation kept happening, the emotional and energetic reasons. So anyway, I ended up being prescribed something like 15 rounds of antibiotics within the period of a few years, which essentially totally destroyed my gut. And that then set the stage for when I started working at fast-growing startup. They they were like 2xing every year. And it was quite fast-paced. And it was, for me at the time, it was so much fun, I want to say. Like I went in and I already kind of mentioned this undefined ego energy of picking up on moving really fast and getting things done. Also, obviously, that my my undefined sacral played a huge role because I would feel I would come in and I could be so productive and run a room and, you know, just like fire off all these notes and decks and whatever, and be around people who were really smart, highly effective, highly confident. But it also got me to start regularly drinking coffee. And I love coffee. I actually, when I was an undergrad, I worked on a coffee farm for a while. Again, my taste, cognition, and determination playing a role here. But for my sensitive nervous system, and specifically, like this is such a common thing that I see with non-sacral designs, so manifestors, projectors, reflectors, maybe less so because they're so open. But anyway, in particular, (laughs) projectors 
and manifestors relying on substances like coffee, in my case, but it could be other things, to provide steady energy. And so I know having one coffee a day, maybe two coffees a day even, it doesn't sound crazy for most people. And so therefore, it was very easy for me to also not think that it was an issue for myself at the time. But that was way, in retrospect, way too stimulating for me. And so I was rolling into this job that required me to show up like a sacral being. And it felt really good because I was getting pumped up with sacral writing sacral energy, writing ego energy, writing G-Center like an identity as well, right? Because especially in the tech industry, there's a big focus around like making the workplace feel, well, obviously it's changed a lot because the world's changed a lot recently. But at the time it was like, we want work to feel like family, you know, every Friday, (laughs) if anyone's read Uncanny Valley, there's like a lot of similarities. It's like every Friday we'd have a happy hour in the office. We'd break out the beer pong tables. You know, there's a lot of very young people too that, that work in these companies. So bringing myself back. My nervous system was getting amped and just pressed on every single day for several years with not just the coffee, obviously, but also my body's specific physiological reaction via stress. And this is another thing that human design has really reframed for me that, you know, for for a while I'd be like, oh, well, why do I, why am I so sensitive? Why do I get so stressed out? But we just, we have different nervous systems, right? And for me, the amount that I pump out to, I don't know, let's say a certain deadline is much higher than somebody else. And that's that's just kind of how it is. And so this continues to build and set the stage for my health issues because then the nervous system, adrenal, regular cortisol spikes, plus the gut stuff then led to digestive issues, blood sugar issues, So the year before, let's see, yeah, like the year prior to my Saturn return, this all started to flare up where I had gut issues. I had like a yeast infection for six months, which was very uncomfortable and I had no idea why. When I finally like found a doctor that could tell me something, anything, they were like, well, you have candida and you're pre-diabetic and, you know, there's some like leaky gut stuff happening. And I was shocked because as I mentioned, I've always also had this piece of me that's really interested in wellness. And I, at the time, I was biking to work every day. I would pack a green smoothie to to have for breakfast. I was climbing regularly. I did yoga every week. I meditated almost every day. I was doing strength training. Like at one point, I was like deadlifting like 1.5 times my body weight. And I was like, how am I pre-diabetic when I'm so quote-unquote like healthy, right? And what I know now obviously is that these health issues were more a reflection of energy being out of alignment rather than a physical issue. Although I did have these physical kind of things, the the overprescription of antibiotics and just more stress than my personal physical system could handle that obviously made it then possible for the blood sugar issues and the the endocrine issues to show up. So I then spent the next like three, four years basically making every lifestyle change, every elimination diet, every like, you know, keto, paleo, gluten-free, dairy-free. I mean, some of these things I still am. 
like I said, every lifestyle thing, I packed all of my meals for work because I was like, I'm not eating any vegetable oil, which in tech is unheard of. If, if you know, like every, every, there's food in stocked kitchens everywhere. Every meal is catered. So I felt like such a weirdo and it was, you know, it wasn't like that fun at all. I would go to work every day with my backpack filled with like glass containers, just like clanking around, but nothing changed. I mean, sometimes I would feel a little bit better for a period of a few months. And then, and there's so much more to the story that I won't get into. Maybe I'll share in the future, but you know, I'd get a little bit better and then I would lose my period for several months or I'd get a little bit better. And then like my blood sugar would go crazy again. And so it finally got to the point when I knew things had to change, when I knew that I wasn't really meant to stay in tech and it had always been, I guess I should say it had always been in the back of my mind. Like, I don't think I'm going to, I'm not trying to get my, my boss's job, for example. Maybe part of my ego thought I was, but like part of my soul knew that that wasn't going to be my path. But I had so much, like I said, identity, energy coming from who I was in that world that I couldn't imagine what my world would look like without that. And so when I knew things finally had to change, I had lost my period for a long time and the only other time that's happened was when I had a really when I had an eating disorder when I was underweight and couldn't like create a a period so that was kind of a red flag I had also then canceled an international vacation that me and my partner at the time had planned because I was just too tired like I remember sitting down and thinking and saying I'm so exhausted the idea of going on a flight and having to like go hike and be in nature and enjoy something beautiful it sounds like too much and I shared some of these things with my therapist and I was running on empty I had been running on empty for so long by that point that I think I was actually numb to some of these signs but when I mentioned it to my therapist and she reflected it back to me and and I don't remember exactly how she said it but basically it was like this isn't normal I remember breaking down in tears in her office And finally admitting to myself, like, yeah, this isn't working for me. Like, I have to make a change. And so that was the moment. Sometimes change can happen. Change is funny, right? Change and transition. For me, it's it's like sometimes it can feel like it's such a long buildup, but then also it can happen in an instant. This was one of those where it had been building for so long, for several years. You could say maybe even my whole life, my my whole third line phase. And yet, what I, I remember finally admitting to myself what that felt like and deciding like this is so painful that I can't keep doing this anymore and so in that same conversation with my therapist we spoke about maybe I should take a break and go on medical leave and that's what I ended up doing and another I mean this is in this whole thing kind of unfolded in the period of a couple weeks when I decided, I remember being so terrified, like, what is my boss going to think? What are my colleagues going to think? And I will say it wasn't really, I wasn't worried about a stigma of like mental health, really, because at least the companies that I've worked for, there's been a pretty open conversation about mental health. But it was more that for me, I had never willingly not tried to meet external expectations. And I think this is really common projector conditioning, but I had grown up always chasing success, whether it was a grade or a prestigious position or internship or whatever, you know, a a school admission. 
And so me deciding that I was going to take a break from work was something I had never done. Like that kind of dynamic had never even entertained the possibility of. So I remember being so scared. But here's how I knew something also was like, it was an affirmation that things were really not okay for me. I remember going to get my form signed from like with a doctor because they needed a, a doc, a medical doctor to sign off on this. And I remember meeting with a doctor. It was a 15 minute appointment. I had never met this person before. And within this span of 15 minutes, you know, she had me do like a couple of quizzes, like mental health quizzes. And she was like, yeah, I would strongly recommend that you think about going on some medication. And I have, by the way, nothing against doing that if that's correct for you. But I was, for me, you know, I had just met this person. She didn't know anything about me. And with within 15 minutes, she was telling me this. And that just felt like such a strong thing for someone to say that that too also, it showed to me the gravity of the situation that I was in, again, through an external mirror. So that's all happening. And then at the same time in my life, I was going through a lot of healing work. I, you know, had obviously been working with a traditional therapist. I had worked with a shamanic therapist at one point. I was doing reparenting work and shadow work and yoga is a big, has been a, light, a long time practice of mine. And so I had been doing yoga nidra and subconscious reprogramming, plant medicine, physical things like sound healing, acupuncture, like all just a long list of things within the wellness space. And they were all, it was all kind of preparing me to then find human design. And when I found human design, it was in the context of all these things happening, my health starting to not do well, and also me healing mental, emotional wounds that hadn't been addressed. And so when I learned I was a projector, it was this moment of relief of, oh my gosh, there isn't anything wrong with me. Because I remember, you know, having these health issues and being like, why am I sick when everyone else seems to be fine? Like, how come I seem to not be able to work as much? Or how come I seem to react to things or take things in in a different way? And the more I dove into my design, and the more I felt seen, there was also a lot of sadness too of this like, wow, I really haven't been able to live in like kindness. I haven't been able to be that kind to myself according to how my energy works. And so it became in in my Saturn return, in the low of my chronic health issues and in the lostness of not knowing what might be next, it became this almost prayer in my heart of I just want to be able to live like a projector. And my life was so far from that, right? I, it was a, like, let's call it like 50, 60 hour work week, wake up, go, push, 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 come back, crash on the weekends, just try to like sleep and recover. And so the idea of being able to live a projector lifestyle felt like this insane fantasy. Like I said, I had no idea how that was going to happen, but I just knew, and it it's just so sweet, I think, to think about it now that like all I really wanted at the time was like when, when I could think of what would that projector lifestyle look like was to get enough sleep and to be able to like make my own lunch. Because again, as I mentioned, I hated clanking around like four to six different like glass Tupperwares every day. 
And so I started just touching back into that and carrying that with me, even through all these kind of winding pieces of then going on medical leave, which was about three months. And it was this pause where I was in this void. I was in this unknown because I didn't know what was on the other side. Would I really quit? I don't think I, I mean, I didn't know if I would be able to do it. And I remember having like a whole list of things that I was going to accomplish and do on this leave, which I obviously didn't end up doing any of. Instead, it was it was also such a learning process to learn how to rest and let go. It was really hard to just kind of sit there. I remember having some emotional lessons there of feeling just like, how did I get here and how? Because the more I rested, the more tired I became which really scared me. I was like, oh my God, I felt so exhausted before I took this leave. And I thought I was going to be able to just, you know, like sleep for two weeks and then bounce back. But it was so much, I I mean, I had been doing this for years, right? So of course it wasn't going to be like a two week bounce back kind of thing. But I guess I share all these more specific details to share that I was kind of groping. I was like groping down this dark hallway to find my way here. So I actually, I finished the leave and I actually went back to my job for a while. And once I, it was kind of like I had stepped out of one version of reality I had been living in into another. And I didn't know what this other would look like, but it was enough of a stepping out. It was like maybe just like one foot, (laughs) but it was enough for me to be like, oh, I actually can't do the old way anymore. And when I try to describe to people sometimes what that felt like. Sometimes what I'll say is like, when I was fully in this old paradigm, my my own old paradigm, it's almost as if I had this belief that if I shifted out of it, that the world would come crashing down. And so the act of being able to go on leave or take a pause or just shift slightly, and then see that the world didn't come crashing down, was the thing that built my strength and trust that there could be more space for something different. It's also important for me to mention that, of course, I had people around me that were also supportive and could see this other possibility for me too. Because as a projector, right, like we can see other people's situations so clearly, but it was really hard for me to see my own. Like I had so much fear around what is going to happen what's going to be next and my partner at the time who was just so instrumental in reflecting back that I had other gifts that I could offer that my health was important because I had gotten so used to just accepting that that would be and I think that's also maybe the the detriment of my gate 60 accepting that these limitations in this situation always needed to compromise on my health or feeling always exhausted was just a limitation I had to deal with as opposed to wait it doesn't have to be that way and so then after that I left finally and I didn't know that I was going to start a business actually when I left I was like all right and now I just need to like fully heal because that prior three-month period was nowhere near enough to really get my endocrine system back to, you know, like fully functioning. I still wasn't sleeping well. I couldn't exercise. I actually, I've like just started exercising regularly in the last couple of weeks, which has been exciting. But I mean, point being, it's it's been, you know, over a year in in real healing. So at the time, that's all I was thinking about. 
I vaguely had it in my head that I wanted to coach people because I had managed teams and mentored many people in my tech job. I mean, that was one of the things I really, really always consistently enjoyed was guiding people to not just on like the skills of a project, but also the soft skills and the like seeing people piece. But, you know, I would get questions like, how do I get promoted? Or how do I, you know, tell this? How do I like put this data together in a better way? How do I support leadership with a more compelling narrative about what's happening with the business? Advising on time management, all these different things. I, of course, could provide both the tactical or even the strategic guidance and advice. But the other part of me, this wellnessy spiritual part that was wanted to go deeper, like it always felt so service level when I was like, oh, well, you know, you can like prep this thing or you can make sure to to run this proposal by, you know, these leaders. I also wanted to know their human design. I wanted to know their Enneagram. Although, I mean, I did actually get my team once to, one of my teams wants to all take their, the Enneagram. But I wanted to go deeper and it, that wasn't going to happen in that setting. And so there was this slight, very, very fuzzy idea, again, non-specific manifestor here, that, yeah, maybe I'll coach. And of course, I'd been interested in human design for several years at that point. But I didn't know when I left, like I said. And when I really decided to make the leap was when I invested in my own coach, which was also scary because, of course, it was an investment. But I, I knew it was necessary because I know that I I want someone else to support me, to see me, because I can get so in my head about myself as a, as a projector. I think many projectors probably resonate with that. And there's something so true about, you know, you have to start with seeing yourself and your own gifts first, because even just taking the tiniest steps of starting to post a little bit and talking about human design, it's like each step built on itself. And the invitation started coming in. And even small invitations, it's like the size of the invitation doesn't matter, at least to me. Energetically, the smallest invitation, like a friend who I had never talked to about human design, who I didn't think would care reaching out, could feel like, I want to say lit up, but not lit up in a sacral way. It's like lit up in a projector way, which almost feels to me more like somebody shining a spotlight on me. It's like, boom, like somebody sees me. And that just kept building on, you know, one step at a time, doing readings for folks, and then going deeper into coaching, and then getting invitations about from coach friends asking, hey, I'd love to understand human design as a system more deeply. Can we can we do that? So That's kind of how it all started. And, you know, a year and a half-ish later, here we are. And I obviously love sharing and teaching about human design. It's how I see the world at this point. And my defined Ashna is always like drawing different connections. But I also pull from my business background, managing and coaching people when I work in coaching containers. And also, I didn't get into this much in this share right now, but my yoga background and my study of the nervous system, I have a couple teachers who have really gone deep into the nervous system that I use and how I address the subconscious with my clients and how to reprogram that. Because of course, once we find our designs, the next question is, 
great, how do I actually live this design? And there's always some path that involves deconditioning and reprogramming the subconscious. So this feels like a good place to stop for today. So that's a bit, more than a bit, about my journey and my story with how I discovered human design, how it led me here. I hope this was helpful. If you have more questions or if something resonated, I would love to know. You can find me on Instagram at victoriajane.hd and let me know. I inconsistently show up based on how my second line hermit is feeling, but I am there. (laughs) And so I would love to connect. I am sending you lots of love and see you soon. I hope you enjoyed listening to this episode. If you did, a couple quick asks. First, would you be willing to show some support with a review or sharing with a friend, maybe someone you're trying to get into human design? With the review, I know a lot of us are listening on the go, so myself included. So if you could pause while you're in line at the store or remember to check back in later, it is a free way to show some recognition, which you know I deeply appreciate as a projector. So thanks in advance. And secondly, I also love hearing what you're taking away from the episode. So if you want to take a screenshot and share on Instagram and tag me at victoriajane.hd, I love knowing what you learned or if there's anything you have more questions on. We can always do future episodes and go deeper. I love connecting in that way via stories too, so feel free to do that. And thanks so much. See you on the next episode.